Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Today I'm going to be talking about the promise of direction that God has given us. God's promised us direction. That's a great promise to have because we really need God's direction in our lives. I would just guess that every single one of us who's listening today would have some area in your lives where you would say, I need to get God's direction. I need to hear from God in this. Maybe you haven't thought, I need God to give me direction. You might just be thinking, I need direction. I need to know what to do. Well, God wants us to begin to look toward Him and to to recognize He's promised that He would give us direction. We don't have to figure things out. We don't have to figure things out on our own. We can look to God, we can trust God, and we can get God to actually give us the direction that we need in life. It's an amazing thing that God will do this. So the Word of God tells us that there is no doubt, there is no doubt that God would speak to us, and we should be absolutely confident. So before we get into this, I just want to encourage you Wherever you are today, whatever you need direction for, whether it's your relationships, business, marriage, anything you need direction for in life, what to do for retirement. I mean, it can be something just seems so natural, right? God wants you to trust Him for direction there, and He wants you to be confident that you're going to get that direction. He wants you to be so confident that He's got that direction for you that you will go after him until you get it. You know, if somebody is seeking for gold in a place where they know it's there, let's say somebody hides gold and says, okay, there's a million-dollar bar of gold in this backyard. Well, if you look for an hour and you know it's there, you're going to look two, three, four hours, two, three, four days, two, three, four months if you need to, right? Because you know it's there. There's the promise of it being there. Okay, if you don't know it's there, you might look a little while and then stop looking. You know, oh, there's no gold back there. You know, I can't find any more gold just by looking there because I've already looked and I haven't found it. But if you know that it's there, you'll keep pursuing and seeking until you find it. And God wants you to know that his promise of you discovering his will is that way. It's a promise You're going to get it, and you need to have the intention in your mind and heart that it's there. I'm going to get it. All I have to do is seek for it until I get it. It's coming. There's a verse in James. It's in James 1.5. It goes like this. If any of you lacks wisdom, what's the wisdom he's talking about here? Knowing what to do in life. He's not talking about man's wisdom, by the way, but God's wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you doesn't know which direction to take, what to do, Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. There's some initial points here I, I want to highlight before we move on that I believe are very important. First of all, we see that this is an absolute 
solid promise of direction. God promises He will lead you. God will give you direction. There's no question about it. He's going to show you which way to go. I mean, what an amazing promise. Think about that and apply that to every area of your life where you're worried. Oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. You need to put this promise in the very center of your heart and mind and realize God will tell you exactly what you need to do. He will direct you. You can bank on that. You can trust that that is there for you. It says this in Isaiah 48, 17. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to prosper or to profit or to do well, who leads you in the way that you should go. You see, God knows which way is going to cause you to do well, which way is going to cause you to prosper, so to speak, to be blessed. And He leads you in that direction. He loves to lead you. Don't think that God doesn't love to lead you. Don't think you're not worthy of being led somehow. God just so loves any of His children to seek Him for direction. Second thing we see here is He gives liberally and without reproach. So the word they've translated liberally isn't actually the word liberal, but it means that. But it's it just it means that he's not holding back. There's no kind of uh, uh, ulterior motive with God. He's he's not thinking, oh, I don't want to really give. He just freely gives. He freely gives out. He gives liberally and without reproach. Without reproach. The thought there is, he doesn't go, oh, you've asked for wisdom way too much. You're asking for something that's so small. Uh, don't ask for that. You shouldn't ask for things that small. You shouldn't ask for direction on those little things. You see, he's saying she gives without rebuking or uh, saying, oh, you know, you've asked too much. Don't ask me for wisdom. You ought to do that yourself. No, God is saying, I give freely and I am not going to tell you, don't ask me that. Don't ask me that. Don't ask me for direction there. That's such a small thing. Don't, don't think it's not important to me is what he's saying. Thirdly, you need to seek and ask for it. Even though God has promised it, even though God loves to give it, and He loves for us to seek it, He also says, you have to seek it before I will give it to you. So the promise is restricted. It's given only to those who ask and seek for it. That means you're going to have to utter some prayers to God sincerely from your heart. You're going to have to ask God. Sometimes if I'm seeking God for something, I may ask God a few times all throughout the day. I may say it underneath my breath if I'm out in public. God, you know, I'm, I'm asking you for direction in this. Show me what to do. God, show me what to do. I'm believing you for this, Lord, and I, I thank you. You've got wisdom for me. You see, God hears that. And there's something about asking and seeking. And there's another verse that says, ask and you receive. Seek and you shall find. And we definitely have to apply that word to seeking for wisdom. You've got to seek for it. You've got to ask for it. 
And not only that, you have to ask in the right way. He says, you must ask in faith. Remember, he goes, let the man ask in faith with no doubting. Let not the man who doubts even think he's going to get what he's asking for. Wow. So you've got to ask and you've got to be so confident that God's going to give it to you. You need to know in your heart you're going to get it. So if there's a promise that is there, let's say somebody, your dad, hopefully you trusted your dad. He goes, there's a million dollar gold bar in the backyard. All you have to do is go find it. Well, if you were to go, well, I don't believe it's there. I don't believe I'll ever get it. That's sort of like slapping your dad's face, right? You don't trust him. Well, if you don't seek God, that means you don't believe it's there. If you don't have faith, he's going to give it to you. That means you believe he's lying because he just told you he was going to give it to you, right? So that means you should be absolutely confident you're going to get it. And he says, when you ask, you need to ask in faith. That means you need to rise up over every fear and doubt that you're not going to get your answer. You need to rise up over everything that would say, oh, you're going to be left without the knowledge of what you ought to do. Oh, you're going to be left without help. You have to rise above that. Now, sometimes we think that God takes pity on us. Oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. You see, God doesn't take pity on that. God doesn't go, oh, I so feel for you. I'm so sorry you feel that bad. God's going, wait a minute. I told you you would get it if you asked for me. Why are you whining like that? Why are you complaining after I've already told you I would give you wisdom? Why are you are moping and groping all around? That doesn't please me. That doesn't pull on my heart. That doesn't make me come and give you answers. Self-pity doesn't make me come and give you answers. You know what? makes me come and bring answers. It's when you rise up in faith and say, God, you have promised it. I am confident about it. I might not see the answer now, but I am not going to keep asking and seeking until I've got it because I know it's there. I know you promised it and I know it's mine. I'm just going to keep asking and I know you're not going to go, oh, you've asked too much. No, you are so happy when I seek you, you see. So we have to ask in faith, Pressing past every fear, pressing past every doubt. Now, I want you just to consider for a moment the power that we have or the strength that we have made available to us through this promise. Imagine being able to walk through life with the knowledge that you're going to be able to walk in the will of God and the knowledge of what you're supposed to do at the right time in every situation that is available to you. And I want to encourage you today to step into that promise and to begin to walk in that promise and pull on God for wisdom and direction in your life and everything that you do. And when you don't have it, don't go, oh, no, what am I going to do? You just keep asking and trusting and bringing it before God because at the right time, the direction is going to come. What an amazing promise, right? And I'll add one thing that's not necessarily in this verse, but you can see it in verses later and all throughout the scripture as well. Once you get direction, then you've got to be willing to walk it out. You've got to be doing exactly what God told you to do. So it requires faith to ask, and then it actually requires faith to trust God and do what God told you to do. 
Sometimes God's wisdom will be different than what you think it ought to be. You might ask God for wisdom and what to do or direction what to do. And God leads in a certain way and your mind's going, oh no, that won't work. But it's God, you've got to begin to learn how to understand the voice of the Lord. And by the way, God is more powerful and able to speak in a way for you to understand than you to think, oh, you know, how, how am I going to hear God? I don't feel so spiritual. Let me just say, God is bigger than that. He'll do it in a way, if you're really seeking, He'll do it in a way that you understand He's speaking to you. And He'll begin to teach you how He speaks, and you'll grow in your discernment. But God is so big, He's able to condescend to us and to speak to us in such a way that we can get it, that we can get the direction that we need. So wherever you are, whatever level of spirituality you're at, if you will just begin to pursue God and ask God, He's going to speak to you. And then you've got to be willing to do what He leads you to do. Again, it might not make sense to you. And sometimes it might even be something you don't want to do. Sometimes God will give you an answer to do something, and it's not exactly the answer that you wanted. But we have to trust God knows best. God, remember it says, I'm the Lord who teaches you to prosper or to do well, and I lead you in the way you should go. You see, sometimes we don't want to go the way we ought to go. But God knows what's best for us, and we have to be willing to trust Him with our lives and to follow Him and to do what God asks us to do. Now, generally, when we're walking with the Lord, generally, God directs our steps. That was in the verse we read, if you follow the Lord, you're obeying the Lord, you're doing the things that the Word of God says to do, He just directs your steps. You end up coming into the blessings. You end up walking into the open heavens, so to speak, the windows of heaven that are opened up for you to be poured out, they're, they're like in the right path, right? You end up in the right place at the right time. That happens to us a whole lot. We have the story with David. He was a young boy that most everybody knows this story. Even if you've never been to church before, you've probably heard of David and Goliath. So David's a young boy. He, his dad goes, hey, why don't you go take your brothers some snacks? You know, they're over uh, fighting the Philistines today. So David goes out. And he's bringing food. And when he, when he comes to his brothers, he sees they're in this war, but nobody's fighting. They're all afraid, mostly of this one man. He's a huge guy. He's about 10 feet tall, I guess. Big, bigger than Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, he's huge. I mean, nobody wants to fight this guy. He is muscular. He's strong. He's just breathing threats out. And here's this little boy. And you've probably heard this before. But uh, David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What he means by uncircumcised, see that all the Israelites were circumcised that represented a covenant with God. And he's going, who is this guy? He doesn't have a covenant with God, and we do. And he's like that. I mean, he's saying that. Does he not realize we serve God? And David, you know the story. David rises up. He's a young boy. He just steps up in faith, and he kills Goliath. The whole army's like, wow, it's amazing what just happened. And what's even more amazing is when you read the story, David just stepped up in faith. He never even asked God, God, is this your will? God, do you want me to go forth and fight Goliath? He never even asked. It just, it was just flowing with God. Look how God got him that, there that day, by the way. God, his dad was sending him there to bring snacks or food, or whatever. But God had him go there that day. He was just doing what he thought he ought to do. God didn't tell him to go. He ended up there. And then it just seemed right. He was just flowing in his faith. He was walking a life of faith. And boom, an opportunity comes. Boom, he just steps right into it, right? 
That's exactly the way God works in us a lot of times. But God doesn't work that way all the time. There are many times when we do need to hear specific direction from God. Years later, you see, David is, this is many years later. David's a grown man now. And it says, this is in 2 Samuel 5, verse 18, if you'd like to go there. It says, now the Philistines had come. So here's the same army that Goliath had been a part of, right? Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And so David inquired of the Lord, should I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines in your hand. Do y'all see anything strange about that verse? Do you wonder anything about that verse? I mean, why is it that years earlier, David's there and there's Goliath. He's a young boy. He doesn't ask God, is this your will? He takes these rocks. He runs toward Goliath. He kills Goliath. And now years later, he's a great man of faith. And here he is with the Philistines. He doesn't go, who are these uncircumcised Philistines? And just rise up and fight them. Instead, he goes, God, should I go up? Should I fight them? You see the difference that is there? And you have to wonder, why is he now, it looks like he's hesitating, whereas before, he just jumped in and did it, right? It's because it's a different season. God's working differently, and David needs specific direction this time around. He doesn't feel the inspiration. Sometimes when we're walking with God, it just is the, the most natural thing to do. But the problem can come in when what when we start out in faith and then it becomes a habit. And we don't even think we need to connect with faith anymore, right? We just do it because we've done it before. Oh, we know how to do it, right? So David has fought Goliath. He's fought the Philistines before. But now somehow he's here and he's asking for direction. It's a new season. God's going to lead him a new way. And I want to mention this is not a lesser faith that David has. This is a faith that is connected in a different way. God is going to begin to give David plans. He's going to give him strategies. He's going to show him how to work with God. Sometimes there'll be open doors where God says, I don't want you to go through that open door. And he's going to now have to be sensitive to hear from God and there's going to be times when God says, yes, but I want you to, you go through that door, but I want you to do it this way. You see, there are times in life, and I believe we're in a season like this, where we need specific direction. How do we do it? Where do we do it? When do we do it? God wants us to be dependent upon him for that. If we make a decision, oh, I'm just going to rise up and make it happen at that moment, that sounds good, but it will not work. You see, faith will not work like that. We've got to be sensitive to the Lord. We've got to know those times when, hey, we just need to go forward. But I just want to say, I believe that this is a moment when God wants to go deeper than that with us, and He wants to begin to give us specific instructions on what to do with our lives, 
what to do with our business, what to do with our relationships, what to do with certain situations we're in where there's difficulty and trouble. God loves to give direction. And isn't it exciting to think, wow, God can navigate me through this situation and show me exactly what to do so that it's going to come out right. I mean, that's an exciting adventure with God. And God is calling you into that adventure today, saying, if you will seek me, I will give you wisdom. I will tell you when to go forward. I will tell you when, no, don't go forward. I will tell you when to take a turn. I will tell you exactly how to do things if you begin to walk with me and seek me and ask me. And I believe we can get to the point where we have this flow, where we begin to learn how to hear God's direction more and more clearly, more and more quickly. But anyway, let's go back to this story with David. David now is with the Philistines. This time he doesn't go, what are those uncircumcised Philistines doing? You know, I'm going to rise up. No, he goes, God, what you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You know, of course, God's saying, go up. That's what he said this time. Go up. Now, I can remember so many times when I've asked God things for direction. The, the biggest thing I can ever remember, of course, is me asking God for a wife. Now, after I got saved, I wanted to get married, but I didn't want to be distracted by, you know, thinking, oh, is that my wife? Is that my wife? Should I try that? I, try? I don't want to be distracted. And also, I didn't trust myself to pick out a wife. I mean, you're thinking, how can you ever tell something's going to, you know, it's going to work out? God, I need you. I, I want you to tell me who my wife is. So I let, made, I say I made a deal with God, right? I'm like, God, I'm not going to date, but you're going to have to tell me who my wife is. Now that sounds sort of crazy, but I prayed it. I prayed it and I believed God. I believe God was going to direct me. I had no doubts about it. I prayed every day, God, show me who my wife is. I didn't know how God was going to do it. And I just want to say, when you're asking God for direction, you don't have to necessarily say, how God has to do it. Gideon did that one time. I'm not saying you can't ever say it. Gideon's like, hey, Lord, if this is you, let rain be on this, whatever it was, sheepskin, and let it not be anywhere else, or let there be dew. And then he did the reverse just to make sure some kind of crazy thing wasn't going on there in, in chemistry, right? So sometimes, yes, you can ask for specific things, but generally, we just want God to direct us however he directs us. And this time, God literally spoke to me in an audible voice. I mean, it's the, I've only had that happen to me twice. And they were both within about a few months of each other. And they've both been like 30 years ago, more, more than 30 years ago. But he told me, Olivia is your wife. I fell on the floor going, I mean, it was an audible voice. I was so surprised. But I just say that to share. I've been asking God for direction. I was believing him for it every day. It may sound crazy to think that God would direct you to know who your wife or husband would be. That I just said, God, I want to know that I know. I didn't know how he was going to tell me, but that's how he told me. And yes, we've been married for over 30 years. My wife's probably going to say, no, it's been 32 years. So, and that came because of the direction of God. And I obeyed the direction of the Lord. God knows what's best. God has a plan for us. I've had some times when God's directed me and I did not obey. This is a sad story, sort of. But right after I got saved, I'd say within a year or so, Maybe, I guess it was less than a year. We would learn to pray for anything when I got saved. I mean, I got saved with a bunch of young people. You know, we, would, we just had that kind of crazy-eyed faith. And so I, I got out of college and I needed a car. So I started praying and asking God for a car. I wanted to know what car to get, what car to purchase. I did have a kind of car I wanted. And so I was like, God, I'd like this kind of car. Lord, you direct me. And so I started going around looking at cars. And I saw one car. It was just sort of highlighted to me. And I went home and 
I don't know how I knew it, but I knew that was the right car. And not only that, I knew exactly what to go offer that man. And I'm going, wow, I know that's the car, and I know I'm supposed to offer this much. Well, I had told somebody else that I knew or knew his family that worked in sales at a car lot that I was going to go there. I think I'd spoken to them. Or I don't remember how it all worked out, but I'm like, okay, I'll go over there, see what they have, because it's, um, anyways, a long story. But we were sort of connected to some of the people there at that dealership. And so I went there, and this guy that I'm sitting with, I mean, he's nice, but he's telling me, oh, you don't want that one. You want this car because this has this. And, oh, you look so great in this car. And this car is going to be like this or that other da-da-da-da. By the end of the day, I cannot believe it. I bought the car from this man after already being led to buy another car. You know, in my mind, I, you know, I'm going, well, maybe I missed it. Well, maybe this isn't. But when I got home that day, I knew I had missed God buying that car. And I knew I had disobeyed God. And I was so grieved on the inside of me. Now, I'm sorry I did that, but at least I did learn a lesson. When God tells you something, don't go around asking for other ideas. Don't go around, you know, second-guessing God. When you know God has spoken to you, you do what God's led you to do and don't, don't question. I'm not saying don't question is God speaking, but once you get direction from God, you need to go that way. And once you realize, you know, oh, something's not right on the inside of me about something else, you better just stay away from that because the more you listen, you're in a place of vulnerability. You're going to lose. I can't believe I did that. And I just will tell you the, what I call the end of the story. So I'm in this car that God did not direct me to buy later in, in the winter. And I've been at a guy's house. I think we'd been out witnessing that day or prayer, praying or something. This is in North Carolina. And it just started snowing and sleeting just so, so hard, just, just like that. And I'd been, with, been in his house. I'd come back to his house and it'd been like, probably 30 minutes. And I said, Hey, I better go. It's coming down so hard, so fast. I better get home. So I leave the house and on the way home, I'm coming down a hill. We don't have many of those in Houston, but if you're from Houston, they have these things called hills, just like where you do like this, right? So I'm coming down this big hill and my car starts to get veer into the other lane. And so I turn and my car does not respond at all. I keep veering. I'm turning. I'm doing this now. My car doesn't respond at all. I mean, I'm like I'm on skis in the snow and ice, right? <laughs> Going down a hill, okay, a, a long hill. And then I put on the brakes. I can't stop this car. It, it's like I have no control over this car whatsoever. So here I am finally. I'm just like, okay. And I'm just looking, there's a car in front of me, which at that time I think has pulled to a stop. He's going, uh, he sees me coming. I cannot believe it. And my car, again, I can't even slow down. I'm just coming, boom, 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 boom. Have a head-on collision with that, with that other car. I get out of my car. I remember I run over to the, the guy, you know, open the door. Are you okay? There's crying and screaming. And his wife's going, oh, he's got blood all over, blood out of his mouth. And then after about 10 seconds, he realized his chewing tobacco came out of his mouth from the impact. It is North Carolina, right? The tobacco capital of the world. I prayed for them, you know, and then I ran on, you know, to do whatever I had to do to, to get help. But I couldn't help but think if I had had that other car, which was a 
front-wheel drive car and made differently. I don't think I'd have had the wreck that day. I don't know, but I certainly don't think it, I would have. In fact, I just feel like had I bought the car God told me to buy, I would not have had that wreck. You see what I'm saying? God knows best for us. And when God leads us, we better do exactly what God tells us to do. Now, there are so many other little things of direction that we could get into here, but I want to just back up here and highlight this. If the Word of God tells you something to do, you don't have to pray for direction. The Word of God is giving you direction. Do what the Word says. If the Word talks to your situation, do what it says. Don't go, oh, my situation's different. If the Word tells you to stop doing something, don't go, oh, no, but my situation's different. No, you need to apply the Word of God to you. I can remember many times working with young people particularly. They would be in sexual relationships outside of marriage, and, you know, the Word of God says not to do that. That's a sin. You're outside of the will of God. You're disobedient. You're being rebellious, etc., etc. right? But how many people I have heard say this, I don't know. They would say things like, but it's okay if we love one another. Well, where'd you get that from? Where did you get that from? And just as a matter of fact, if you understand what the biblical meaning of love is, that means you'd wait. Oh, it's going to be okay if we're going to get married. No, the Bible doesn't say it's going to be okay if you're going to get married later. Get married then, now. You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm just saying, it's funny how many people will go, well, that's what the Bible says, but my situation is a little different. It can be in many areas of life. No, if the Word of God says something clearly, you need to do exactly what the Word of God says and line your life up with the Word of God. Do not deceive yourselves. That's what it says in James. There's a person, he says, he hears the Word, but he doesn't do it. He deceives himself. Oh, I don't have to do that. Oh, that doesn't quite apply to me. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's, that's legalistic. That's the, 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 the. Oh, the, that's Old Testament. You know, whatever. You know you're disobeying the Lord, but you're just making excuses. However, as I've said, we all need specific direction at times. And you need to be so certain that you're going to get the specific direction that you need. I'm just going to keep emphasizing that. There's a... Okay, let's go back to David. You remember David says, God, should I go up against these Philistines in Rephaim? And God says, do it. I'll be with you. Well, only a few verses later, those Philistines came back to the very same place, the Valley of Rephaim. And it says there, well, therefore, David inquired of the Lord again. See, he didn't go, oh, he already told me what to do. We've already done this before. No, it's the same situation. And, but David's still asking God, God, do you want me to go up? And the Lord says, you shall not go up. Circle around behind them. Come up in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you should quickly advance. Because then the Lord is going to go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines. What an interesting little scenario there. But do you realize that David could have said, oh, I already know how to do this. I've got experience and knowledge about this. I've just done this. Do you realize that if he had just gone from his experience, he would have missed God? If he had said, oh, God told me last time to do it. I already know to do this. I already know exactly what to do. I know how to do it. It worked so well last time. I'm just going to do it the same way. You see, if he had thought like that, 
rather than being sensitive to God, he'd have missed God. And how many times do we rely on our experience, on what we know, on what we think we know how to, how to make it happen, rather than continuing to ask God, Lord, what do you want me to do? I've done this before. Is this your will now? And just being sensitive to the direction of God. I believe God is asking us all to develop our sensitivity and to begin asking about every area of our lives, just continually bringing it before the Lord. God, do you want me to do this? God, is this your will for my life? God, what should I do? There's a great story about Joshua when he actually made the mistake of thinking he knew what he should do. As y'all remember, if you were here a few weeks ago, Joshua gets into the promised land. The first place where they're going to battle is Jericho. And uh, now Joshua is the one who's always been Hey, I'm going to rise up and fight. Hey, I'm going to step out in faith. And God's blessed that. Moses is getting the direction. Joshua is just rising up in faith. Well, here Joshua is getting ready to fight in Jericho, and an angel comes and says, hold on a minute, do it like this. And it was a way his mind would have never wanted to have done, and he's just going to do this by faith because it was definitely not a natural thing. It was a supernatural thing. So Joshua obeys. He does just as the angel told him and because because he did what the angel told him god did a miracle you see it took that specific direction from god to give joshua success right then guess what then there was another battle the the second battle was the battle at ai somebody one of the men says to joshua oh joshua don't even worry about sending a lot of men to ai they're so small, it'll only take like 3,000 of us. I mean, we're so powerful in the Lord. You've seen how God blesses us. And so Joshua's like, go ahead. Well, they lose big time. Joshua's crying on the ground. Screaming, oh God, you said no man would stand before us the days, all the days of my life. You said this. Why? We should have stayed in Egypt. Oh, he was all torn up. And God then says, would you get up? The reason you lost is because there was sin in the camp. Someone disobeyed me, and that's why you lost there. Now, he fixed that, but you have to ask yourself the question, what would have happened if he had said, okay, God, here's AI. We're getting ready to fight. We're here. We're willing. Lord, any instructions? Should we go up? I fully believe God would have, say, would have said, if you go up, you're going to be defeated because there's sin in the camp. How would he have known that if he didn't pray? How would he have known that God wasn't going to bless him? He could have just assumed, which you see, and which is actually what he did. And because he didn't pray and ask God, it could have been so simple. I believe God would have stopped him and it would have saved lives, you see. Okay, so we come back to David. David's had this good thing happen, but now he comes and he's asked the second time and God says, no, don't go up the way you went up before. I want you to come from the back. Now, why did God do it this way? Why did God tell him? This is so interesting to me because God knew exactly what the Philistines were going to do. God is using the knowledge of what they're planning to give David the knowledge of what to do to win. He knows they're thinking, oh, they're going to come this way. We're going to be stacked this way. And he knows it would have been like terrible for David to have gone that route. What's interesting to me about that is how God uses knowledge of natural things 
to give us insight in what to do. You would think, oh, it doesn't even matter that they're planning that. God's going to give them the victory anyway. You know what? I believe David might have gotten the victory anyway, but I, he would have probably lost a lot of men. It would have been difficult. And, you know, he'd have come back with a lot more bruises. It would have been a different scenario, right? It could have been really bad. I, he could have won, though. And you see, I believe many people in life, because they don't get direction and they keep plunging through life and plowing through without getting direction, it's they're always getting beat up. They're always, it's, it, they may make it through, God's with them, but they're not getting the specific directions that, that they need, you see. God uses His knowledge, you see. God knows things you don't know. God knew exactly what those men were doing to try to fight against David. David did not know. God used that knowledge of what was happening in the natural realm. That's amazing to me that God takes into account the natural realm. He likes to be like a chess player. He like, okay, I'm not going to just be all supernatural about it. I just like to be strategic too. Okay, that's happening. So I want you to do that. That's going to be so great. You're going to just route what they were going to do. And it's going to be amazing. God will give you insight because he knows what's happening in our world. He knows what's going to happen in the economy next year. He knows what's going to happen in your job next year. He knows whether you need to leave or you need to stay. He knows all those things, and there's no way you could possibly know what's going to happen. Anyway, we have to trust God in that. So God uses natural. But not only that, God also uses spiritual. When you line up with God, guess what? There is an absolute promise that you're going to be successful. You know that? When you get God's direction and you do what God says, it's not like God goes, well, do this. Maybe it'll work. It's my, it's a, my best idea. Try it. No, God doesn't do that. When God says, do this, it is absolutely going to work. If He's got to have all the power of heaven behind you, it's going to work. Anytime you have gotten a word from God and you have stepped out on it, never be discouraged because God is behind you. It's going to work out. It's going to be blessed. And you're going to see the power of heaven behind you. God says, David, go around the back and wait till you hear the sound of the marching in the mulberry trees. What was that sound of marching? This is God's heavenly army. These are angels. And God allowed that day that when they were passing by, marching, that they were heard in the tops of the mulberry trees. We saw back in Jericho that angels are definitely involved in our battles. Here, it's an amazing thing. God says, I'm going to go before you and smite them. So first he does take the natural things into account. God has done that. And he said, go this way. But then secondly, he gives him spiritual power as he needed, right? So David is hearing. And then God says, when you hear that, go fast. I don't know what happens in the spiritual realm. I don't understand how angels and demons fight. I don't understand how angels can smite the enemy when we don't see people just, oh, if he smites them, won't they just die in front of us? It didn't happen that way. I don't understand how God fights for us. But for sure, God was fighting for David that day. For sure, 
He smote the enemy. He brought them down because the angels actually were involved and they were the ones actually doing it. But I could guarantee you they weren't going, oh, look, my sword is supernaturally just. No, they were fighting, but somehow they were empowered. And that's what happens with us in life. We do what God says. We don't see angels. We might not even recognize they're there, but they're the ones working on our behalf. When we're in alignment with God's will, they make things happen. You see, had David gone the other way, he would have not gotten the help that he needed. It would have been a difficult thing he went through that day. He was blessed because he got direction, he got insight, and he did exactly what God told him to do. I just want to conclude today with sort of some reminders and some tips here to help you uh, as you're going through this week. Because I believe this week, I hope this morning you're going, wow, I can really use direction. Man, I'm going to make myself get up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bring it before the Lord. And I'm going to keep seeking until I get it. I hope that's you today because God has promised that. And this is one of the greatest blessings you can have. Not only do you have direction, you have the assuredness of success. I mean, I, this, it, it's an amazing promise. So what do we do? First of all, I want you to ask boldly and confidently for direction this week. Remember, he's promised it. He's promised it. You've got to be absolutely confident you're going to get it. Along with that, get rid of every fear and doubt. You can't be afraid about your life and have faith. You can't be afraid about tomorrow if you're confident that God's going to speak to you about what to do today and tomorrow, right? How can you be afraid? That shows that there's some doubt lurking there. Part of us growing in faith and trusting God is dealing with our doubts and our feelings of fear, our, our feelings of insecurity, and just saying, I'm not going to be insecure. I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to worry because that's nothing but contrary to faith. God says, be bold in your faith. So anywhere you're about tomorrow, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to trust God. You have to push past those things and don't cater to them. Don't be complaining. Don't be whining about your situation. Rise above that and say, wait a minute. I know things are bad, but all I need is God. God says he'll tell me what to do. Thirdly, do not assume you know the best way. Don't just keep going and doing what you've already done. Don't think, oh, I've got experience. Oh, I've got knowledge. Don't put your confidence in that. You see, the man who's strong is often the man who ends up being very weak. The man who's weak and realizes he doesn't know so much ends up being the person who's strong because he's trusting in God. God even told that to Paul. He said, you know what? My strength is perfected in your weakness. So if you see yourself so strong in an area, maybe that's the very area where you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to making a bad decision. You're vulnerable to something crazy happening tomorrow or next year that you somehow weren't prepared for because you wouldn't listen to God because you were so confident you knew how things were going to be. So don't assume you know the best way. You need to be dependent on God. You need to be humble and broken of self-confidence, broken of self-reliance. And lastly, whatever God leads, do what he says and just watch what happens. You're going to be so blessed when you go through this process. When you bring your needs before the Lord, and I'm speaking particularly about the need for direction. When you begin to do that and you're confident and you, you get that breakthrough, well, you held on until you got it because you knew it was there. And so you didn't give up. You held on until you got it. And then you walked it out. And then you see the blessing of it. I, just, I can't wait to hear testimonies this year of, those of you that got direction in some areas of life, you walked it out and then you saw what God did. Watch what he does.
Well, Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your promise of direction today. I pray a blessing on every person who's listened to this. And I pray, Father, that you would inspire every single one to seek God, to believe you for direction, to receive from God, to know they're going to receive from God, to walk that out. And Lord, I thank you. You know the way to make us prosper and to do well in life. You lead us in the way which we should go. You're going to bless us. And so, God, we trust your direction. We trust you in all of this. And we thank you, Lord. You make us strong because we trust in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. And we will see you next Sunday.